Final 16th, Gunrunner reaching for the wire, collected to left side, and then comes West Coast and War Story, but Gunrunner's on top of the world! He wins the Breeders' Cup There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared, who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks, the goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly, make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie, from a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta, there's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Batoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Jared Welchies. Jared Altman. This is a Blinkers Office Update. What's up, man? How, how are we today? You, uh, you oh, feeling shit. good today? You ready to handicap some Kentucky down? Hang on. I got to turn this off. I uh, don't want to get sued here. I was listening to some uh, Drake on the old uh, speaker there. Um, by the way, Drake or Kanye, what, what's your thoughts? As far as what? I'm going to guess you haven't listened to either album, other new ones, Donda or Certified Lover Boy, but thoughts. As far Let's as get your what? take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your take. Are you a Drake guy or are you a Kanye guy? Just in general. Um, let's see. Kanye had that song on the jockey show. I liked it. Um, I think Drake overall is who I would take over Kanye. So, yeah, I, I've you know me like we like when we were uh, traveling like Donda came out and I pumped to listen to that and you're like hey how, how was it and I'm like yeah you know and then right after we got back uh, Certified Lover Boy came out which is Drake's new album and I'm telling you like it is Ryan if you're listening it's fire like he knows it like we both were like dude this album is so much and I think it depends on your age like. Like, lyrically, Donda is, like, because I think Kanye is, like, so crazy that his, his, like, lyrically, he's amazing. But it doesn't make any sense what he's rapping about. You know what I mean? Like, he's lost his shit, I feel like. Whereas Drake is, like, more hard-hitting, has the beat, really hits. Like, I feel like if if there's going to be an award, uh, Donda might win an award. Because it is, like, lyrically genius, but it just doesn't hit anymore for me. Like, it's it's creative, but... To me, Drake all the way. Plus, it's interesting because there was an album. I can't remember which song. There's a song that Drake raps about, and they think that he's talking about sleeping with Kim, like sneaking into Kim, like, you know, Kanye's ex-wife, obviously. So it adds a little bit more intrigue to it if you go the the Drake versus uh, Kanye. But <laughs> I, you're not listening to either one. I think, no, I'll never listen to either one of what you're talking about. But I think, uh, in general, Kanye... Uh, as like he lost his mind a long time ago, right? So I think it would make sense that 
what he's rapping about is incoherent. I think his life is incoherent at the moment. (laughs) Um, I I can't imagine a guy that state of mind putting together an album. Um, So I I guess I can analyze it from what I see publicly. He seems a little out of his mind. If anybody hasn't listened, Drake, the Drake album, like I've listened through it on play, like just repeat uh, over the Sonos in the house, just over and over. It's so good. It's so good. And to me, like you would have, I think to me, you would die. I, I can't wait till we're together and we listen to the Drake album because you're going to have, there's going to be so many lines where you're like, did he just say uh, that he's like a lesbian too because he likes girls? <laughs> like that's, that's one of the lines. <laughs> I mean, so the, to me, you're going to have heyday with him. But no, uh, I don't want to, I would play it, but I don't want us to get sued because I don't think we have that kind of money. So we don't have Drake money. No, no. That that I can I, I can attest to that speak on that we do not have a Drake money that's for sure but uh yeah I I I like my favorite thing is to actually listen to the lyrics and, and see what they these guys say uh, that's that's my favorite part of it. Halterman will be over and we'll be doing the pod or whatever and and dial music going and of course I listen to it I'll listen to all kinds of music but I definitely listen to like exponentially more rap than uh, Halterman does and so. He'll be like, "What did he just say?" I'm like, "I don't, I don't know. I just, I just listen. I don't. It's always like always in the background." And he's like, "I think he just talked about," and I'm like, "Oh, that is like, it is very. Uh, you, you, uh, you're more into the lyrics. You're a lyrical genius. Yeah, there you, you like go, to listen. Yeah. That's why you like the red. That's why you like the red dirt stuff. So. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, just yeah. I'm about, a lyrical you know. genius. We've 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 said some <laughs> things I didn't think would ever be said on this show before. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but no, big day, big uh, big pod. We got. Uh, Kentucky Downs. This is like the week I know, and you're 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 uh, kind of on record, at least with me, to say like Kentucky Downs may be slightly overrated, except for this Saturday. Well, look, this Saturday is great car and great horses and great races. The most like the other four days at Kentucky Downs, it's kind of sketchy what you're going to get. There's some good horses at times that run there, but a lot of times it's just like. Average type horses on a weird, strange turf course with uh, with huge fields and weird camera angles. And it's just a situation at Kentucky Downs. If you go there and you go into a race or a card, I should say, be prepared for weird, goofy shit to happen during the day. And don't let it get to you mentally because it's going to happen. And it's going to happen multiple times. It's happened twice today. There were photos where it clearly looked like one horse won and then the other horse <laughs> I know. And like, uh, I think it's the second race, the jockeys were off all the other horses. The horses were going back to the barn and they're going, oh, no, no. The two beat the 11 in this photo. It's like, oh, okay. So just be prepared for that. It, I mean, it's a weird, goofy place and goofy things are going to happen. Uh, thank you for everybody that's joined us live right now. We are obviously early, uh, three o'clock ish local time, um, because we did it, wanted to do it before the, the Magic Mike show because, dude, the NFL's back. The NFL is officially back tonight. So we're like, dude, we can't, we're not messing around with this stupid podcast, uh, during the show. So we are going to make sure that we're done. We got our shit done. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay, uh, of course, saddenly, saddens me to say the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, I know you guys probably talked about it on uh, Due to Bet Sports podcast. So if you haven't checked that out, everybody, go check that. It's now available on all your podcast networks. So go check out Due to Bet Sports. Uh, that, of course, is our sports betting podcast. But uh, who do you like? And that's real quick, and then we'll get into what matters here. 
We both kind of had a red flag on this game because, you know, the point spread is just a lot. Nine points in the NFL is a lot of points, right? And we both believe Tampa Bay will cover this game. So we did pick – we were on the side of Tampa Bay, pick Tampa Bay, however you want to say it. Um, but got to be really careful. If this thing goes to 10, I, would, I wouldn't touch it. And I would kind of tread lightly the first game. We got a ton of games coming up this weekend. Um, you know, again, Tampa should cover this. Really, it shouldn't be too big of a problem, but the backdoor cover possibility here really looms large with that nine points. So uh, it's the largest point spread of the week in the NFL. Um, but yeah, long story short, we both did pick Tampa in this game. Yeah, it's just a lot of, I mean, Tampa is not unknown really, but with Dallas, they're just a perennial like disappointment, but yet you kind of keep waiting for them to, you know, Dak obviously is back. Um, so what's he going to be like uh, off the injury? But like it wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys cover like at all, so it definitely is dangerous for sure, especially for you know, like you say week one, first game of the year. You just don't know. Um, if I had to play one, I would I would probably play for uh, Tampa to cover because Dallas is just. I think I picked them to win the Super Bowl. Was it like two years ago? Maybe we did when we always do yeah. our annual who you know, Super Bowl picks, and ever since then I'm just like never again because like they're the most. Out of all the teams in the league, like they're the one that could they make it the Super Bowl? Yeah, like they've got some superstar talent. Obviously, could they lose the division? Have a losing record? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. They do that too. So, uh, yeah, I can see either one going. All right, uh, let's get to two days. Oh, by the way, Halter and I talked about it before the show. We are killing the best thing I saw today. Segment. It's fun. It's like it's gone. It's gone. So if you if you liked it, sorry. Go listen to the Magic Mike show. I think they still do it. Um, yeah. They stole it from us, by the way, which we stole it from SVP. So that's the thing. Like, one, we stole yeah. it. Two, it got way, way old, way still. And, it, it, like, we never played by the rules. Like, it was never today when we talked about something. It was always some random bullshit. So we're like, you know what? Neither one of us. I texted you. I was like, hey, what do you think about Nixon? He's like, yes. I hate that segment. So, so we're done with it. Uh, we'll just talk about bullshit in the intro um, every week instead of just making sure we have a best thing. Um, we'll talk a little bit about last week. Of course, we have a segment coming up in the Breeders' Cup. We'll get into everything uh, that we saw at the end of Del Mar and Saratoga. So let's get to it. Today's show, we are going to look at the final month. That's right. We are just like a month away of with the final preps. For the Breeders' Cup Challenge Series races, as well as horses we are targeting for this year's Breeders' Cup World Championships at Del Mar. Then we're going to get some rapid-fire selections this weekend at Kentucky Downs, including, of course, the $1 million Calumet, Farm, Calumet Turf Cup, uh, which serves Breeders' Cup when you're in Longines Turf. we got two out of the five stakes races at Kentucky Downs on Saturday, our Breeders' Cup win in your in races. So it's a huge day at Kentucky Downs. Let's go! Essential quality's gonna do it. 
essential quality as one of the Breeders' Cup Whitmore running after him on the outside. Whitmore has taken the lead. CZ Rocket on the outside up into second lane, but the old man's gonna do it. It's Whitmore in the Breeders' Cup. Frozen Nose coming to the final furlong. Sconson is trying to make progress up the rail, but Gamine has taken the lead. She has put away Serengeti Empress, and she's pulling away. Oh, what a super filly! Gamine and John Velasquez, they won it by six legs on the line. Go is still well clear as they come down to the final yards, and Nick's go goes all the way in the dirt mile. is running a big one on the outside. Monomoy Girl past the 16th goal in front. She's in front by two. Valiance is second. As they come down to the line, she did it again. Forever unbridled. Abel Tasman charging but running out of time. Forever unbridled's gonna do it. Forever unbridled has won. The Breeders' Cup this runner's got the lead. Collected West Coast is bearing down on them on the outside. Final 16th. Gunrunner reaching for the wire. Collected to one side. And then comes West Coast and War Story. But Gunrunner's on top of the world. He wins the Breeders' Cup Classic. November 5th and 6th, the 38th annual Breeders' Cup World Championships returns to Del Mar. And of course, we are sitting here about a month away uh, in terms of the, the last prep race. So really, you're, you're at a point where these horses are either making their last starts in the next month in preparations for the Breeders' Cup, or they're done, and then they're training up to the Breeders' Cup. And if you go to RacingDudes.com under horses, you can look there and see Breeders' Cup. Get a full list, of course, news, updated information, and of course, the winners of all these uh, Challenge Series races. And again, this weekend, we have two at Kentucky Downs. But really, once we get back to Churchill, which is next weekend, we have the Pocahontas and the Iroquois, of course, juvenile races, it really just takes off from there, September 18th. We have a bunch, you know, whether it be Woodbine, you go to Santanita, of course, Belmont's got some, Keeneland, when it returns in the fall, it really starts pumping them out. And then October 13th is the Jesmond, that's the Keeneland, that's the last one, that's the final prep. Um, and so at, we basically are at that point, like kind of before the final push of, of Breeders' Cup races, we thought we would just kind of jump in here and, and see where everyone's at, because once, once that ends, I mean, it's like all hands on deck, so... It kind of feels crazy, but with Saratoga being over, but the Breeders' Cup is really not that far away. No, not at all. I mean, now that Saratoga and Belmar ended, I mean, the Breeders' Cup will be here before you know it. I mean, uh, we're in the middle of September all of a sudden this weekend. And like I said, a couple more, well, three weeks, four weeks of preps, and then that's it. And we're on to the Breeders' Cup. So, yeah, it's time to shift all the attention towards that and build up towards that. Uh, we'll see some this weekend at Kentucky Downs, but that's just kind of the taste really of what we're going to see over the next four or five weeks it's it's going to be fun um i i tell you every year it seems like these last preps almost get a little bit more obsolete as far as the big time horses running in them this year though i think there's some kind of those in-betweeners that need that one last prep so i think we're going to get some interesting races down the road here yeah i'm interested to get some of your your takes here because it definitely feels like whether it be like the Latruscas or Nick's Go or Essential Quality, horses like that, they're kind of like, we've, we've seen their big kind of throw down. Now it's like onto the Breeders' Cup. You know, they don't need to have that mm -hmm. final prep. And Nick's Go maybe has a, a fresher, but it won't be an actual Breeders' Cup uh, Challenge Series race. And so 
you kind of know what they are, but like you say, some of these divisions that we're not really sure on or the divisions that, uh, that maybe those in-betweeners, we're going to start to take shape, you know, where is life is good go, where horses like this start to kind of pinpoint where they're, they're running. So, uh, and by the way, if you have questions, which by the way, I hate this time slot because it just, everyone's like working, I guess. So it's like, you don't, we don't get the same, like when we do the night show or like the five, six o'clock our time, I mean, it's like the comments are just on fire. Most of the time, we're going to get people at the end of this to be like, hey, I didn't know you guys were on early. So if you have questions, though, hit us up. We'll try to answer them while we go through this. But I have a list of like, I don't know, seven or eight here. Um, sure. We'll just kind of run through these together. And if you have any, we'll jump in there. So the first one, obviously, I kind of touched on this. Month left of the preps. Some of them are waiting. Some of them will have one more. What are you looking for? You kind of touched on it, those in-betweeners, but what is the biggest thing that you are looking for in this final month of preps as we go into the last month of, uh, of challenge races? Well, I think the big one, uh, the two-year-old racing is, is the one to really focus on as we go into the last month, like you said. Uh, the Champagne, they're going to stretch out to a mile. It's a one-turn mile, but they still have to stretch out. Uh, the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland at a mile and a 16th going to get some look at these as these horses they go two turns same way with the american pharaoh at santa anita and the pocahontas at uh churchill downs next weekend actually uh another two-turn juvenile race so that's the that's the big thing i look for uh now uh with a lot of these horses like pointing towards the classic maybe not prepping during this time period these two-year-olds you really need to get a good indication of and honestly um i did a poor job of it last year uh, you know uh, essential quality Won the Breeders' Futurity and uh, looked very good around two turns at the same track where the Breeders' Cup was going to be held. And then you look at uh, Jackie's Warrior who won the Champagne, and, and he won just so damn impressively that I, I couldn't get away from him. And I didn't really factor in, well, that was a one-turn race. We still don't know about two turns. Maybe don't single Jackie's Warrior. You know? <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm going to learn from my mistake there, really try to study uh, that a little bit harder this year. But no, I mean, overall... You, you've got to look at these two-year-olds and look how they handle doing something new for the first time. Yeah, that was uh, – yeah, it's funny, too, looking back. Obviously, Jackie's Warrior is, uh, you know, unbelievable beast. And it's amazing to think those are the two horses. And you could be so wrong about that race with Jackie's Warrior. But yet, fast forward to today, and those are two of the best horses in training. So it just – like you say, when I was on the same – I liked Jackie, too, over essential quality and, you know, just – Obviously, the horse was is a is a one turn specialist. Um, yeah, to me, it's it's it goes to the two year olds as well. I think because it's a classic. You kind of feel like the other thing is starting to the last month, and not necessarily the races in particular, but just starting to pinpoint. You know, as we because we start making. You know, obviously, you start putting up your your Breeders' Cup early predictions. You will start kind of doing the, the pre-guide work and things like that here in the next couple of weeks. And you start to, it, I'm looking forward to the idea of like, okay, where is this horse going to point? You know, where are they, the final decision they've made? Where is life is good going to go? Because that could change from, I don't think he can win the classic to he's a single in the dirt mile kind of thing, you know? So it just kind of depends on where these horses are going to enter. And it, it adds, a, it helps, I think to me, have an idea of how these races are starting to take shape as we get closer. Life is good's kind of in no man's land a little bit, you know, as far as what race are they pointing to? We're not really sure. Where do we prep him next? He has to have one more prep. We're not really sure. 
uh, yeah, he's he's definitely one of the more intriguing ones coming up in this set of races. Uh, you know, you look at a horse like Hot Rod Charlie in the Pennsylvania Derby. Um, you know, how's he going to look there? Medina Spirit, where are they going to send him? There's a few horses that are kind of in that weird spot. Nick's Go is another one. I mean, there's the Lucas Classic, though, for him at Churchill Downs. It's not a Breeders' Cup race, but that's kind of where he's probably going to prep. But it's still a strange spot for a horse that's probably going to be the favorite in the Classic to prep at. Uh, you know, so a lot of just kind of in-betweeners is how I'd kind of describe them, for lack of a better word. Uh, and, and yeah, life is good. I think has to be number one. If you're going to make a list of, okay, who are the five horses specifically that you're really, you know, debating on wanting to see one more from not quite sure what they are, if they're a miler, if they, if they can go to the classic distance, they need a sprint. Uh, it'd be, it would definitely be a life is good. And, you know, a flight line, a horse like that as well. Flight line, man. Like that one is like that horse. They may not even run the Breeders' Cup, the way it sounds. Like, they're yep. pointing to the Malibu, and yet this horse put up the, the second, I think it was the second highest buyer since Chancelot got. And this horse is just a freak. And they're like, oh, we might not even go. You know, it just might go to the Breeders' Cup, or go skip the Breeders' Cup, go straight to the Malibu, train the Malibu. So, or, get, you know, be yep. the, that'd be the goal. So, yeah, I mean, like you say, you just that dictates a lot of decision-making as these horses enter or don't enter in their particular races. Um, you, you touched on the two-year-olds. That was another one. What juvenile? Obviously, last weekend we saw two big performances, both on each on each side of the uh, of the country. So, what juvenile do you think? And of course, we have the like you said, the Pocahontas um, and the Iroquois coming up at, at Churchill. But what what juvenile are you? Do you think will be the favorite of the particular juvenile races, the Phillies, and of course the the, the boys? Um, and which like what are you most impressed with? Who do you think will be the favorite in those races? Are you? Is anyone starting to stand out to you? Obviously, like I said, we had big performances last weekend. I think Echo Zulu, as far as a speed figure standpoint, on the girl side, definitely stands out. Now, I think the exciting thing there is what will she do around two turns? She doesn't really run like a horse that wants to go two turns. She just flies as fast as she can, as far as she can, almost similar to Jackie's Warrior a little bit last year. So where she goes will be interesting, but she definitely seems like a standout right now. Uh, you know, the boys, it's it's muddled, right? Uh, Wit obviously has his issues. Um, Gunai, you know, he's getting better as they stretch him out. Um, he, but he's still, he's not really a standout. Uh, the horses that ran in the Del Mar Futurity, they didn't really look good on paper or, or I mean, they don't look good on paper or visually, either one. Uh, the number didn't come back strong and the race didn't look great. Uh, Bob Baffert has a colt that broke the maiden last weekend called Cornish. I think he's probably the favorite, like the lukewarm favorite, but we have one race under his belt. It was a sprint and uh, we'll have to see what he does routing. So he's definitely one that, you know, going two turns, kind of what I talked about a little bit earlier is going to be really important to see how he does. Yeah. That, that horse is getting some serious buzz over there. For sure. Well, and he should. He ran a 98 buyer and he ran off the screen and, and he had a ton of hype and he cost a million dollars and no douchebags got him. So, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's all kinds of positives for him. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think, you know, Pinehurst is extremely interesting because of a yeah, douchebag has. And uh, <laughs> obviously, we just won the Del Mar charity. So the race obviously will be at Del Mar. Um, it, I, I don't know how. You know, I don't think I gave 
Gunite enough credit for the win um, immediately after because you watch that race like he didn't start well either, but he he kind of kept coming. Um, I feel like the longer the better for Gunite. Wit, he's not a favorite, but he might have a world of talent we may never see. Uh, you know what I mean? Like he may like I don't know if he, how he's gonna ever figure it out because you like you said before like he's at the level now where he's he, he's still very good, but he's not good enough to overcome spotting them 10 15 links whatever it is in, in particular races like he ran a great race like you take out goodnight he wins you know yep but he goodnight was in the race there there's nothing wrong with how he how he ran the race as far as you know once he finally got his feet under him it's just that that little you know break always always really hurts him and you look at the horses that he beat in the in the Sanford were way out of it in the hopeful they didn't run very well. So obviously that that was field was kind of weak and he was able to overcome it. And he overcame it as far as passing, you know, nine of the other 11 in the race. But he couldn't pass goodnight because he was just good and wouldn't really come back to him. And that's going to be a problem now going two turns. Maybe the break doesn't mean quite as much. But again, I mean, you look at the Breeders' Cup juvenile horses that don't break well usually don't win. And that's kind of why we were marveling over Wit so much because horses that don't break well this early in the year don't win. And he had twice. But he he's not going to be able to be top-level competition now without a, without a better start of the race. It's just that simple. He does seem push-button. Like, he he. When they asked him to, to go, he went. He got into spots. He was weaving in and out of traffic. Stuff like that doesn't bother him. He's pretty professional when it comes to that. But just out of the gate is a big problem. And it's three times in a row now, right? So it's like maybe that's just what he is. Yeah, I don't know. It's obviously him. Um, it's not a jockey issue. It's not a well, they can't. No. I mean, it's training. I mean, this horse is it, – it's hard to even imagine how good he could be because, like you say, the fact that he just because he almost runs every race start to finish on full go because he has to, like, yeah. he just he's yeah. just on constant drive, sustained drive the whole way around. And that's what happened in this race. Uh, you know, you look at it and go, Boy, he kind of flattened out. Well, yeah, because he had to run to get in contention the whole time, and he needed to be ahead when he got to the top of the stretch and was it could just maybe just cruise on home. He didn't have another gear after using several to get in position. He didn't have that one more to go catch Gnight there. Kind of makes me wonder if he were to go two turns, you know, go a mile, mile 16th. If they, if he missed the, obviously if he breaks poorly again, you just keep him in the back and then, you know, wait to make his run, you know, and hopefully he's good enough to, to basically <clears throat> round the field. Uh, but <clears throat> going two turns, maybe he's, I mean, obviously he's bred to go two turns, but uh, we'll see. Uh, what about Stellar Tap? That's a horse that uh, that Steve Asmussen has, obviously, that uh, broke his maiden um, while well, you're there, when Steve Asmussen broke the record for North America uh, training, uh, training wins. And, you know, obviously, Stellar Tap ran a huge race, really ran huge, uh, ran fast. Obviously, haven't been seen since, been training. We think maybe Iroquois. We don't know for sure on that. But he's one that, I mean, like, he's an unknown, right? He is, and he's another one where it's like, yeah, you want to see him around two turns. Obviously, he went very fast early and was able to hold on in a sprint up there at Saratoga. Uh, he won't be able to go that fast two turns. Will he be able to kind of, you know, rate or ration that speed in and still have a little bit left down the lane? I would assume that's where they're going to point. I mean, he's got a pedigree that says he can go two turns just fine. So 
Uh, I would think the Iroquois would be next for him, but we'll see. Maybe maybe they take a shot at the Champagne at Belmont. I think that's possible as well. Um, so there's options, but yeah, he looked like he had a ton of talent. He got a big figure, so I certainly think where he runs next is is ultra interesting. Yeah, he's like I say. I think you're right. I think uh, in terms of the two year old, that seems to be the this this last month of prep seems to be the most interesting in terms of because both those races seem especially the male side seem to be like really stacking up all right let's go to another one here uh which challenge race whether it's ran already or whether it's a going to run um do you think is going to be turn out to be the most productive the most the strongest classic prep hmm well, that's tough. Um, I'll go the four-star Dave because I think there was multiple horses in there that can make an impact at the Breeders' Cup. Uh, you know, will any of them win? Maybe not, but will three or four of them come out of the four-star Dave with a, with a legitimate shot to win? Uh, when the past performances come out the Monday before the Breeders' Cup and we look at it, will we be going, yep, that horse can win, yep, that horse can win type of thing? Um, yeah, I think that's the case. So I think from a, from a depth perspective, uh, the four-star Dave will be pretty productive come Breeders' Cup uh, Friday and Saturday. Well, what about the Classic? That was the question. You're skipping over the Classic. Oh, the strongest for the Classic. Um... It's got to be the Whitney, right? Yeah, it probably is. I don't really. Yeah, it would have to be because I think those guys, you know, those horses. Even if Nixco doesn't run well, uh, you got horses in there that can certainly hit the board or maybe upset at a price. Yeah, okay, I'll go with the classic. I, I think that or the uh, Whitney. I think that makes the most sense. I mean, I, you kind of look back and you okay. Obviously, the Jockey Club Gold Cup. No thanks. Um, you can look at. Obviously, uh, Will Mishriff, but that was international. Um, you know, the Haskell. <laughs> I mean, it, the Whitney. It, the I mean, the Haskell could be pretty, pretty productive, I guess. It, um, it could. You know, Midnight Bourbon will be in the race. Um, but, yeah, it's it's got to be the Whitney. I want to throw this up here real quick. The Travers, that's not a, a Breeders' Cup race, unfortunately. So, or that would be the answer. For sure. Yeah, the Travers would be a, an easy answer there because if you're going to use the, yep. if you're going to use the Haskell, then the Travers is a is a is and, they, and that might be the most continue, productive race. They continue to screw up that every year and don't make the Travers a Breeders' Cup race. I I don't know. I have no explanation why that is. Especially when you have the Haskell is one like that makes. It's crazy. None, like beyond zero sense. All right. Uh, yep. to, to piggyback off that, what division right now do you have the best feel for? And in the same context, the worst. Oh. Well, I think the Philly and Mare Sprint, you have a pretty good feel for it, right? And not only do you think it means going to cruise, but I think, at least my opinion, you've got – a couple of really good options, even if you want to try to play against that you think are better than the rest. So I think Philly and Mare Sprint uh, certainly have the best feel for the worst. Uh, I'd have to say the juvenile Phillies uh, turf. Um, the big race, the PG Johnson was rained off the turf uh, at Saratoga. So we didn't get a, a prep there. Um, and, and plus you always have the knowledge of, or the, 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 you don't have the knowledge of who's coming over from Europe. So I'd say at this point, 
juvenile uh, Phillies turf. I I have no feel for that one at all. I mean, and <laughs> to be fair, that's we may not have a feel for that at all. Like, period. You know, because that's a tough. Well, the, the only difference is the juvenile turf. I have a winner in that race. You know, so we did have a horse in Annapolis that ran last weekend at Saratoga that I think is going to win. Mm-hmm. Where the juvenile Phillies turf, it's just I. It, nothing stood out to me it always feels like there's one you know not always but it, it definitely feels like a lot of times with these juvenile obviously the friday races that there's one at least one horse or one division that you're just like I, this feels like as upset is going to happen here and obviously we it doesn't happen always I, you know aunt pearl was uh was wasn't that the juvenile wasn't the juvenile phillies turf mm-hmm. so i mean obviously yep. that was a you know but we tried to beat her um, you know, so, I mean, at least we under, like we used her, but you could still try to make cases for trying to beat her. Golden Powell, we were like, that's a lock, you know? So you kind of have to, the way these juveniles work on the turf, it does make it sometimes difficult. Um, I wanted to go back to your thought because that was one of the questions I had. Um, and I'll jump back to another question. This is, this is from, this is per request. Per request from Magic, Chubwagon versus Gamine in the in the in the Philly and Mare Sprint. Can we see this? I mean, I don't know the answer because Chubwagon runs in the dumbest races. <laughs> like I like Chubwagon, but it's like we're at Parks, we're at Pimlico, we're back at Parks. We lost at Parks, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea if they're going to take the horse to the Breeders' Cup or not. I mean, I think she's awfully good, but I, I, a, I have no idea if they'll even take her. B, even if they do, I'm like, I don't really know what she is one way or the other, right? Dude, I know, and I, I had a cold conversation with him today about about her because it's like he knows, you know, I'm like number one on the Chubwagon uh, fan club, but it's just like, I was like, I would have zero ability to to pick her to beat gamine especially if they continue to run in these bullshit bullshit races now if if we see her run at keeneland or something as a prep and you say wow but i don't have it in front of me i'll pull it up real fast but i believe she's had nine of ten starts and never once ran in the stakes race now listed stakes she's never ran into graded stakes not even a grade three like She'll run huge, and then they run her in another bullshit race, and then another, and it's just like, at some point you got to test the waters, right? And you look back, you're like, you know, the the big, the big one, right, is Run Happy, because Run Happy was a horse that kind of was running bullshit races, but then they went, they went to Saratoga, and he won the King's Bishop, and then the rest is history. Obviously, the horse went on to win the Breeders' Cup later that year, but at that time it was like, I don't, he's been really good. Can he compete at? that level well he could at some point you got to try it right unless they just don't think she's good enough to do it and they're just not going to try it exactly and you look at the past performances she's been at parks five times uh she was at aqueduct once in an allowance uh two races at pimlico and a race at delaware and like I said you, you did you know we lost one of those at parks <laughs> right you know uh the dr Teresa garofalo memorial stakes she lost so uh but she came back and won the roman rachel stakes so now we're gonna go face Camine. i don't i don't buy it yeah she uh i don't know like i could say like i have no 
The problem is if they if they do decide to run her, and I don't think they would run her if if she hadn't won't run in some sort of decently step up, you know, from these um, before the Breeders' Cup. But yeah, he's like, well, it, it, I'll, what if what if she runs from? She's gonna be like twenty to fifteen to one. I'm like, well, yeah, but I I mean. She would be interesting if you're going to look for horses to beat Gamine. Like, she would be one you'd want to use just because you, she's unknown. But I certainly don't know if I'm the connections, if I'm, like, going to go be like, we're going to go run straight from Parks to the Breeders' Cup. I don't know. That's the thing. I, I find it far-fetched that she will be there. That, that's that's my main thing. I have no idea. I don't have any knowledge of that one way or the other from the connections, but... It just seems far-fetched that we're going to run these races at parks and then go to Del Mar and take on a grade one company. Especially uh, Gamine. This horse has never, I mean, this horse has never been in a graded stakes race. So. That's it. I mean, never. And she, like you say, the, she lost, you know, uh, I think it was Andy Sterling after uh, after Gamine won. It was like, uh, you know, well, you know, if, if Chubwag would have came, I don't know. I think she would have stayed undefeated. It's like, well, she just lost last week. So. Um, yeah. at parks, mind you. Uh, right. I don't know. I don't see it. I think it'd be great to see. I'd love to see it, but they got to get her in one race. Like it, it was, I don't know what, uh, let's see. What is, uh, is there anything left that for the Philly and mayor, the Philly and mayor sprint? I don't know. that. Oh, uh, yeah. The TCA is, uh, at, in Keelan, October 9th. I would bet she's not there. I would bet that as well. <laughs> that's a tough ass race to go to try. <laughs> I mean, because that's just it. That's I think that's the final uh, Philly Mare Sprint. <clears throat> yeah. Prep. So it's like, well, I I don't know. I don't know. I guess maybe try to run her at at Belmont or something, but anything other than parks over and over and then expect that to work unless you just want to win a bunch of races then go ahead but <laughs> you know for the breeders cap i don't think so uh dennis asked how much this horse uh has made over 400k four hundred thousand and ten starts nine first one second 422 i don't know yes yeah, i don't know what they paid uh, of the horse but i'm gonna guess not much um i'm trying to see yeah, I think it's kind of a homebred there. George Chestnut owns the horse yeah. and also was co-breeder. So, yeah, homebred. Um, and let's see. The sire is Hey Chubb. I'm <laughs> going to venture to say Hey Chubb has about $1,000 study. <laughs> <laughs> Great name, though. Uh, There's not many <laughs> times I look at a sire and have no idea who that is. And I, I could not tell you who that is <laughs> <laughs> all right uh on that note what division <laughs> what division is ripe for an upset Ooh, what division obviously it's impossible to know at this point we are so far away but it maybe goes in in line with divisions you have a bad uh, a bad feel for but although sometimes when you have a bad feel it turns out the favorite wins that race just because they're not very good so what division there's always one what division do you think is going to be possible for an upset i'll give you two uh the turf mile certainly feels like there's an upset we don't have anything here 
that's very good, I don't think. And in the turf mile, I, I'm, I'm not going to count Got Stormy. Sorry, I don't think she's going to win the Breeders' Cup. And then the Europeans are always kind of iffy. Uh, so I think the turf mile makes sense. Also, the turf sprint, um, we'll see. We still got a couple of races left to kind of break those down. But I, I think the turf mile would be the best answer. Uh, the turf mile, where is that? I mean, smooth like straight gust, stormy, raging bull, set piece, Princess Grace hit the road, Mo Forza. Yeah, there's more. Mo Forza will be tough. Somebody will beat them. What was the other one you said? Turf Sprint is always one that yeah. I think could produce a price. Yeah, I mean, shit. Who are you going to go in the Turf Sprint? It just seems... Yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of trash in that race. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna see a turf sprint prep uh, this weekend at Kentucky Downs, which is yep. probably gonna make it even more muddy uh, because I don't. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not picking the favorite there. So uh, yeah, it definitely feels yep. like either one of those divisions because it definitely feels like obviously the classic, the distaff, and that's tends to be you know the 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 turf. I mean, I, to me in my experience, I always feel more confident in those races than I do these. No matter if there is a strong yep. favorite or not, the juvenile turfs I, I always feel pretty good about, but the but the sprint and the mile on the turf. Um, now the just the regular Breeders' Cup turf, I usually feel pretty good about it right. as well. But those two races there, I always struggle with. What about what about? I mean, I know that it's not really an upset looming, but. I mean, are you like say like Jackie's warrior? I mean, is 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 that still? Do you think that he can continue the run at that level to at Del Mar? I mean, because to me, I look at like mind control can't do it. Obviously, friends fired. Nope. Blackstaff. Nope. Lexingtonian. Hell no. I mean, Yalpon. Like, I don't think yeah, he ran well, but I don't necessarily think that that horse can. Yeah, you know, I guess if life is good, decides to run in a sprint, maybe that's dangerous do they go you know rematch maybe he gets the but to me i have a hard time picking against jackie's warrior as of now in the sprint division depends on who ends up running like flight line might be interesting well flight is good in a rematch would be interesting but i don't think it's prime for an upset because i think you know you're gonna have to be damn good to beat him and it's gonna have to be somebody really really good and it's not gonna be just like mind control jumps up and wins i don't think that's gonna happen I don't think it, I don't think Warlike Goddess can lose. In the, in oh, I definitely think she can lose if Santa Barbara shows up. I just think Warlike Goddess is. I agree that those two are the two, but I just think I just don't think we've even scratched the surface of how good Warlike Goddess is right now. But I don't know if they can. Keep, I don't keep, think we. I don't think we can see. I don't think we've seen the same from Santa, uh, Santa Barbara either. No, that's the thing. That's what I was going to say. I don't think we scratched the surface on Santa Barbara. So I, I, I think it would be an absolute showdown. Oh, I dude. think it's between those two for sure. Now, if they're both in the race and neither it, one of them win, that's a huge It game. might be too short for Warlike Goddess. They've all run her the turf. She really just doesn't get going until, you know, that final furlong of these long races. So, yeah, she's – now, listen, I'm not trying to take anything away from her. That Yeah, that, that last race was just brilliant. Like, it's just – just cruise control the whole way. Didn't really ever ask her to run and she just kicked away. Um, yeah, I mean, but I, 
I don't know. Santa Barbara, man, that horse is pretty damn good too. Uh, but you don't know if she's coming. And Aiden O'Brien has been known to put uh, that, uh, you know, his best male or female in the turf, the regular turf, and not the Philly mare. So mm-hmm. that's something that's got to be sorted out a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, we're like goddess. She's awfully, awfully good. We're like goddess hasn't left first gear since like April. I mean, or March, whenever yep. that lost the, her when she, her streak. I think it was March when it started. So. I mean, she's just been on another level. Um, all right. <clears throat> Last question I have, unless anybody else has any more. How much stock do you put into the Del Mar surface and its influence on what we might see? We've heard this a lot, whether it be the turf being really fast, whether the dirt being, you know, going to favor speed. You've been on record saying, listen, we've got a while. It, it's still the fall. We don't know how the track's going to be playing then. But let's, let's fast forward and say you have an I mean, how much of a factor do you play – do you use the track, whether it's at, you know, Keeneland, it's softer, whether it's here and it's going to be fast. Do you, how much factor do you put into that when you're making your final decision? Zero. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So the most overblown, overrated thing in racing, zero. These are the best horses in the world, or at least this country. I mean, it's the bias will have to be extremely, extremely strong for it to influence me at all. Zero. I mean, to me, I never ever make a decision based solely off of the track. Now, if I love a speed horse, you know, I think the horse seems like it's going to get loose in the lead. Do I make that kind of okay? And the track is going to be playing ultra fast. That's my that's my check mark. But I don't ever look at it and say. There's no way this horse can close. There's no way because the track is playing way too fast or there's never going to happen. It's like, well, no, actually really good horses tend to run in the Breeders' Cup and those horses don't give a shit about the track. Like they're going to run their race. We see it time and time again where a really good horse still manages to close because guess what? They're still really good. Matoli said, fuck you to the track bias that year to Chancelot. He didn't care. He still ran him down because he was the best horse. So I get it. It's just I think you're I think you're totally right. Like it, it it can be used, but not overblown. I mean, if you're in between one or two horses and you're they're they're right. the same to you, well then sure you can use it. But if you're like, I have to play horses that are within two links of the lead no matter what, and Zenyatta's in the race, then I mean you're gonna get beat, you know. Uh or like the central quality would be an example of this year. It's like listen they can they can overcome track biases and and the thing here's the thing very rarely is there actually a track bias strong enough to make a difference in these types of races i'm not saying it never happens but usually track biases help with slower graded races uh where horses you know they just aren't quite as good. That's where that kind of stuff plays in. As far as the Breeders' Cup goes, not. I mean, I'm, I, it won't be any factor for me. You know, Ross says Del Mar generally favors horses on or near the lead, especially in the longer distance races. I think the point that I'm trying to make or you're trying to make is just like, let's say you're deciding, but whatever. I'm I'm trying to think of a of a, a speed like life is good runs in the dirt mile, and mm-hmm. and let's say. The track is ultra, ultra fa- uh, uh, favoring closers. Like speed mm-hmm. is just not holding at all. Like if you're between Life Is Good and Jackie's Warrior, I'm just saying for for debate here. Like, um, give me another dirt mile horse that's really good. 
like I think you can use that as like okay that's my angle I'm using that as my decision but to say like this horse is 20 to 1 who's a really good closer is going to be able to beat life is good like and I'm making up I'm using that reason that the track's not going to hold is just to me it's just it's insane to think that that horse can run down life is good only based off of the track bias and that's kind of the point I think if they're $16,000 claimers running on a Wednesday, sure, they're all very equal horses. I think track bias can come to play more. But when you're talking about the best of the best, the world championships, like it just seems like it can be very overblown. It'll have to be, like, again, I can't say it enough. It will have to be extremely, extremely strong for it to make a huge impact in this. Um, and that's, that's just how it is. Uh, I, I really... You know, I just don't think it's going to make that big of a deal. I think people make a big deal out of it and are worried about it, but I, I really don't think it is. It really wasn't the last time it was there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, people are saying, oh, Euros, they can't win. Euros won fine on the turf when we were there, you know, last time. Yeah. I mean, it, you just have to handicap it for what it is. And again, if you get, if we get into a situation into the day and it's like, wow, literally nobody is closing or wow, nobody can hold a lead then you might start to creep into your mind, but I would not go into it thinking that's going to happen. No, uh, like I say, I think you can use, I personally use it as a, as a decision to, to make it, but not. And again. This right here hammers the point home. It was a shitty race with shitty horses and nobody wanted to close. <laughs> that's the deal. You're not going to have that. Essential quality, if he was in that race, would have won it. That's, that's kind of the point that I make it. He would have right. closed. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, if you're handicapping Thursday's races uh, before the Breeders' Cup and you see a trend, you certainly can jump on it and, and, and it can, it can, you know, it definitely can, can come into play and you can make some money kind of reading how the track's playing. But with the best horses at the, at the biggest stages, the track bias gets minimized. What? Okay, I just thought of my last question because we've, this is a fun topic because I feel like we got a lot of mm -hmm. racing to talk about. Um, the Breeders' Cup, man, uh, is the best. Uh, what's one, uh, like, what's the one horse that you're most excited to see at the Breeders' Cup? Whether it be because, like, for me personally, it's two. It's it's Nick's go to Central Quality because we're going to have Horse of the Year on the line in that race, very, very, very likely. And they have similar or very contrasting running styles, same trainer. They're going to not going to you know they're going to be like hit the top of the stretch with both of a chance so to me that matchup is what i'm most excited to see at the breeders cup what about you i i hate to go with the same two but yeah i mean i've we've we've seen those two horses run in person a lot now uh this year i've been lucky enough to go back to the track obviously uh a central quality man I think I got to go him. I'm most excited to see him. I'm just really, really impressed with his get the job done no matter what happens mentality. <laughs> and save from the Derby, which I, I still don't know how he lost the race. I'll never understand it. But, uh, you know, to, to, to run down at Hot Rod after he runs the race of his life in the Belmont, have all the excuses in the world to lose the Jim Dandy, and you don't. And then you really had all a big excuse if you would have lost to Travers letting midnight bourbon go on such an easy lead all by himself nope didn't matter still ran him down so essential quality would be my answer if i had to pick just one that's what's amazing about this horse 
is essential. Like both of them, really. We've seen both these horses yeah. so many times in person. It's insane. Like I did, you made a good point. So like essential quality. Saw him in the juvenile. We saw him in the Derby. We saw him in the Belmont. We saw, and we saw him in the Travers. Mm-hmm. So we've seen this horse run uh, like all the time, four times, you know, five times. And yeah. then Nick's go. I mean, God, there's countless times we've seen Nick's go run in person. Um, feels <laughs> yeah. like every time the guy runs, we've seen him. Uh, well, of course, the Breeders' Cup. We we saw him. <clears throat> we saw him at. Uh, uh, the, the Breeders' Cup twice, I guess. The, the Pegasus, or I guess we didn't see him at last year's Pegasus. We saw him um, in the Met Mile. Yeah. Uh, we saw him in the Whitney. Like the horse, we've seen it like uh, every in every every kind of Nick's go right. We've seen the really good, and we've seen the really bad. We've seen the spectacular, and we've seen the mm-hmm. spectacularly bad. So it definitely feels like it is a culmination, right? Of of kind of the end and really with, with with central quality being what he is and, and Nick's go kind of you never know like this could be the last time these two ever face or even run again so this could be kind of not only for horse of the year but just the final throwdown yeah and Nick's go was just he's really fun to watch when he's right like that Whitney thing was very very cool he, he was really really fun to watch when he rounds those turns and he just blows everybody out that's that's cool to see so he's he's definitely a good answer as well all right Ross you've been dying to tell us can we guess the final for a long time of the central quality please tell us now oh hold on yeah they ran the slowest traverse time early in the yeah, race so his final for long was yes. 11.5 uh, seconds so here's what i'll tell you that is super impressive okay number one number two you, it you do have to take into account how slow they were early and that's why they came home fast. When you have slow early paces, you do come home extremely fast. But don't take anything away from it. That's very impressive. Um, you know, and he points out, you know, like Jack Christopher, 13.08. Gamine, 12.41. Yalpon, 12.49. Jackie's Warrior, 13.03. Latruska, 12.99. They also ran extremely fast early, all of these examples. So just keep that in mind. But, yes. 11 and a half seconds for a final furlong in a mile and a quarter race is very, very impressive. And it's one of the many reasons I have him on top right now uh, in the, in the uh, Breeders' Cup uh, Classic Division. Yeah, I, uh, the thing I love most about that horse is it, it, it's, a, it's a point that you're making is like it doesn't matter if they run incredibly fast early or if they run incredibly slow early and vice versa. It doesn't matter. He's going to be there at the end. He's the smartest horse in training right now, I think. He's definitely, especially the fact that he's a three-year-old, is just fun, it's unbelievable. Brad Cox has alluded to this as well, that being the smartest horse he's ever trained. Like, he just knows where he needs to be in every part of the race, and you almost don't need to do anything with him. You just kind of, he knows, he's almost like, if you just took out every horse in the field, he's going to run the same kind of race every time. Like, he's going to be there, and he's going to be here. If they're running slow, he'll be closer. If they're running fast, he'll be further back. And guess what? He'll make his huge run. Like, he's going to be there at the end. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Well, it's like the Travers. like, damn, why is he in second? And then you see the quarter, and it's like, oh, okay, well, he's just doing what he always does, and that put him in second naturally, the way the pace is unfolding instead of last like he was in the Jim Dandy. Mellow Yell says – didn't Midnight Bourbon run like 0.1 seconds slower? Are we betting him in the Classic? My answer to that is Mellow Yellow, if you can guarantee me that he will run six furlongs loose on the lead in the Classic in 114.49, absolutely I'll bet him in the Classic. But 
it's going to be a whole different story for him in that classic. <laughs> they might run six furlongs in a minute 10 if Nix goes in the race. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I wanted to answer, let's see. Yeah, Chris. Um, I just pulled up an article I, I hadn't heard. I think it's still it's oh, still yeah. definitely on uh, They're on the fence here. It sounds like... I don't know where he'll run next, but he's in the ARC, Championship Stakes, Breeders' Cup Classic, Japan Cup. They're all options. Uh, this is Mishriff uh, that uh, that he's talking about. Um, they're a little worried about the Del Mar short straight, sounds like, the Classic. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's there, but I, I think I, I, right now I'm going to guess he's not, at least in the Classic. I think I don't think he'll be there. I hope he is. Uh, I like him. Uh, obviously, and this is uh, thoroughbred racing commentary. Race. Who that's who that's from uh, Nancy Sexton, um, who apparently talked to the prince himself. Oh, oh Nancy, sure, we know her. Don't know her. But, uh, <laughs> the show, Nancy. <laughs> yeah, Nancy. She's never steered me wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be a great. It'd be great, but to me, like, don't you get to the point where you're just like, if it's even if it's him. Even though he's won, I mean, I get it, but it's just like when an international horse comes over to the classic, you kind of just like, yeah. I mean, I feel like we've seen all kinds, makes and sizes of these horses that have tried it, and it just doesn't work out. I mean, it, it did on the synthetic once, uh, but yeah, now that we're pretty much all back to dirt, at, no. Um, I kind of look at it the same way I look at horses coming over that are going to run in the Derby. It just it doesn't usually work out. All right, let's do it. We got we got uh, five stakes races to talk about at Kentucky Downs, of course. Uh, coming up on rapid fire, but again, you can tell that we are pumped up for the Breeders' Cup. We are, like I say, we got a month left of uh, challenge races. We'll be more talking about these more and more as we get closer. Of course, the Breeders' Cup wagering guide and the uh, trends articles. Our trends guide is will be coming out in the next couple of months to get you guys ready for the Breeders' Cup. That puts a wrap on our Breeders' Cup first look. <laughs> All right, time for Rapid Fire presented by Racing Dudes Premium. Now is the time to be a subscriber at Racing Dudes Premium. Go to racingdudes.com, click the big button on the menu, get Racing Dudes Premium. If you are an active subscriber, you will get our wagering guides absolutely for free. And that, of course, is going to include the Breeders' Cup wagering guide coming up in the next few months. And, of course, if you are a subscriber, you'll also be getting the trends uh, guide as well, which has helped people cash tickets in the past few years. Racing Dudes Premium, this is what you need to get ready for the Breeders' Cup and, of course, all the challenge races coming up. We'll have access for all those. Racing Dudes Premium, go to racingdudes.com on the handicapping products page. All right, Kentucky Downs, let's go to race six on Saturday. We have five stakes races to talk about uh, on Saturday. The racing has is going to be unbelievable. The turf racing, two Breeders' Cup winner in races like we talked about, the turf sprint and the Longines turf. Both winner in events, race eight and nine, but we'll kick things off with race six. It's the Mint Ladies Sprint Stakes, grade three, where 600K, all these are huge purses, by the way, for Phillies and Maris, three-year-olds and up going six and a half furlongs on the turf. Dude, I mean, I, I, I'll say every one of them is a tough race because they all are. I, I mean, especially considering it's Kentucky Downs. Let's let's kick it off. Like, what do you think of this one? Well, I think it's, I look at it like this. Phoenician Harbor wins by a couple or any of the other horses entered can win. I think it's I think it's either or. Uh, if the Venetian Harbor runs back to the Mon Monrovia race, which I know it's very different situations um, than, than what than what Kentucky Downs is, but still, she ran that that race at Santa Anita. I'm like, why why wouldn't she on the turf all the time? Like that horse looked like a monster on the turf. Uh, so 
went to the dirt unexplainably next time out got second uh in the grade one clement hirsch and now back to the turf here uh i i just think she's faster than the rest of these uh so i'm gonna kick it off with phoenician harbor but i will probably use two or three more um here uh because boy if she does kind of falter it definitely gets wide open in a hurry yeah, I kind of made, and let's just, like, I'll be playing all these horses for the most part when it comes to the, the favorites on my tickets, because I don't think you want to to leave them off, but I pretty much made a, a very active uh, stance here of I'm not playing favorites. I just, I'm not, I'm not going to. Number 12, Constantia, Constantia, uh, well, sure. Um, for John Sadler, Rispoli, on board. This is who I went with. This horse last time out did not run great, but this horse gets the extra distance. This horse two back, three back was running really, really well at six, six and a half furlongs. This horse will like this distance. The longer the better. Six and a half furlongs, of course, at Kentucky Downs is like running, you know, seven furlongs basically. Of course, you got the uphill, then you get the run up. It's 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 a lot, it's it's a lot to ask for a horse who maybe is pushing the limits of six and a half. This horse won't be. I think this horse is going to just relish this distance here. And you're going to have, you're basically counting on Venetian Harbor fading, right? Because Venetian Harbor very well could wire this field. I'm going to bank on that she doesn't. And this filly can run her down late in the race. I think she'll be coming late. Is this if she's good enough? And I think she is. You get a prize. You don't get a huge prize. I'll give you some prizes here coming up. But I'm on number 12, Constantia. Did you like this horse at all? I do. Uh, I, I thought about picking this horse, but she was just kind of destroyed uh, two back against Venetian Harbor, and that's why I kind of shied away. Uh, same thing with the six superstition. I, I thought about that horse, but yep. again, was kind of destroyed by Venetian Harbor two races back. So uh, the six and the 12 were the next two I liked, but I just was like, well, shit, they weren't close last time. And I know different circumstances, maybe that changes things. But uh, yeah, I mean, my my affection i should say or could say for the 12 led me to the 10 even more here yeah i agree i mean to me it's the 10 is a clear-cut like horse to beat um and again you have two samples to go off of as far as the turf goes and the one we did see was really impressive will she do it again we'll see you like the 10 i've got the 12. all right let's go to Race seven, the Kentucky Downs Ladies Turf Stakes, grade three, with 750K for Phillies and Mares, three-year-olds and up, going one mile on the turf field of nine. Lines up for this one, led by the two-horse Princess Great for Stidham at two to one. Are you going to go? Are you going to? This horse obviously has been extremely good, but now comes the Kentucky Downs. Are you going to play her? Yeah, this will be the last favorite I'll play. Um, and I, I, I am kind of, I'm with you that you probably probably need to get some long shots in here. But I think Princess Grace looks pretty tough here. Uh, this was more about, I don't love anybody else in the field all that much. Um, and I thought just Princess Grace can just kind of sit back, get her trip, pounce, and, and, and win late. This is two races in a row. I'm picking Florent Giroux, though, so that's probably setting me up to be very angry on Saturday and angry, sending angry texts to people who probably don't want to get them. But um, that's just what I do when he beats when I when he gets me beat. But still, I think Princess Grace is the is is kind of a standout in here. I just think she's the best horse. Yeah, you know, honestly, I looked at at the these first two legs as uh, as kind of the same. Like I do think the two is the one to beat. She's been very very good. It's hard. I mean, she's lost one. In, in six starts and the one uh, was a second 
close second. Um, so it's like not like she's done anything wrong in her career. She likes the distance. She's been running a mile 16. So she even cuts back from that. So yeah, she's going to be extremely tough. Um, but again, I, I told you where I stood on the on, on trying to beat these horses. I went with the six. Shifty she, uh, Irad stays on board um, with for Safi, and it's like you look at Sarah. If this horse Safi couldn't win, like you said, I think the quote of your uh, of the Saratoga meet was Safi couldn't win with Sarah at Saratoga, and he still almost won with this horse. Like she ran really well, so if he can almost win with her here, maybe she can win at Kentucky Downs. At this distance, she's really good. Four wins and seven starts. Uh, and of course, I think it's a it's a boat of confidence that Irad stays put. It, you, this horse, you know, like I said, ran really well at Saratoga, and she's kind of in charge of the race, right? She's going to be the speed of the race. You, I mean, Irad's going to have to give her a confident ride and to see how far she can go. But I think she'll be there at the end. It's just a matter of uh, if that two can run her down. So the horse that finished second in that race you're talking about at Saratoga, Hindi Woods, runs in the tenth race today. Uh, today being Thursday at Kentucky Downs. So I, I think if Hindi Woods runs well, that, that kind of just boasts the confidence of the six shifty she here. So um, that's that's kind of an interesting angle to kind of see how that horse does. So that'll be fun to watch here a little bit later on. All right. So there you go. Maybe uh, if uh, if Hindi Woods runs awful, maybe the pick changes to the two. But right now <laughs> it's on number six. Uh, shifty sheep. Handy Woods and Tyler Gaffleyon, and they're pulling away to win the One Dreamer. Right, let's go to the next one. This is going to be race eight, the FanDuel Turf Sprint Stakes, which again is a Breeders' Cup win. You're in for the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. Million dollars on the line for three-year-olds and up going six furlongs on the turf field of 12. Lines up for this one. Again, here we go. Casa Creed, Got Stormy. Those are the two. Got Stormy obviously came back and ran huge last time out i cashed in big on her uh at saratoga but guess what you're not getting the huge price now you're gonna have to suck down a, slow, a low price do you have confidence in her i do not uh she certainly could win but i, I don't have a lot of confidence in her uh you were talking about rap earlier didn't didn't drake have the song back to back wasn't that drake <laughs> yeah okay well in premise is going back to back in this race uh he won this race last year i think he's going to do it again uh i really love that price of six to one let's hope we get it uh listen this horse i have no idea what happened last time out at saratoga uh just did not run well just didn't get out of the gate real well and never really happy and got beat i think he kind of turns it around second off the layoff today we know he likes kentucky downs that's a good thing we know he's super super classy when he shows up I'm not going to say always because that last race at Saratoga wasn't very good, but he usually puts up a big effort. I think his best effort beats the rest of this field. So back to back, Drake style for number 12 in Prince. <laughs> I like it. I mean, that was one that I I, I, uh, I looked a lot at um, in here. I, I, I liked a lot. This one was a tough one for me because obviously, uh, you know, having cash big on God Stormy last time out like you I, I think she, she's obviously got that ability Casa Creed is very interesting but I didn't want to play at 7-2 but I think you got to use um, you know fast boat semi-interesting I think the distance might end up being too much uh, Stubbins is going to be a price for uh, Doug O'Neill 
Listen, I uh, went with ten to one. I went with a three horse Bombard. Uh, this is a this is a, another kind of a speed horse, you know. I'm, I'm banking on speed, so we'll see how how well this works out for me. Uh, but you know, Bombard is a horse who Pratt obviously has been riding for Mandela out uh, west, and of course he comes back to ride here for Mandela as well. This horse, I mean, won the Grade Three Daytona at Santinita last time out, and was pretty damn impressive doing it. Like what you know the horse like the horse can win a grade three the horse you look back you know the turf sprint at kentucky downs last year the horse nearly gets beat or nearly wins it gets beat by your horse imprimis um but ran a huge uh a huge effort that day uh finished second by a neck that was a, um, i mean it was like a blanket finish um you know the breeders cup this horse did not run great did not run poorly just kind of ran in the middle <clears throat> and then you know comes back this year, runs second on uh, on debut, and then runs really well in the tunnel. I think this horse is primed to run a really big effort for Pratt. You know he's going to go to the front. This horse has been working out great, so I think he's going to be loaded. Number three, Bombard at ten to one, blowed up. Let's go to. Do you do you like the three there? Yeah, I like the Flavian Pratt's aboard. And I think yeah, I, mean, I think hell, you got to like that, right? Yeah, I think said if, if speed kind of holds. That horse has got a shot. That horse is quick. Ten to one. Let's see what these. The thing about Kentucky Downs is always tough. Like the horse will go in the gate at like seven to one, and then they come out and it's like four to one. So you never know what price you're really gonna get until uh, until the race starts. All right, let's go to race nine again. This is uh, <clears throat> another Breeders' Cup winner in for the Longines Turf. It's a Calumet Turf Cup Stakes Grade Two worth a million dollars again. Uh, for three-year-olds and up, going one and one half, one and a half uh, miles on the turf, of course. Again, Breeders' Cup implications on the line. You got a field of 12 in here for this one. Three to one on Arc Low. <laughs> Channel Cat's at nine to two. Two horses. Oh, Zulu Alpha at six to one. Three horses I do not trust at all. What a segue. So, all right, I want to make something very Please clear. tell me you picked I've one of them. Never Please tell me you Channel picked Channel Cat one. ever to win. Ever. Oh, no. Oh, I'm picking no. him here. Okay. Oh, no. One, I love the distance for him. <laughs> I do. I love this. I love the distance for him. I, I think the distance will suit him very well. Where is the other speed in the race? That's my big thing. He's at his best when he can get out to the front and cruise. I think he can do it here. I see a lot of horses that are very slow early on. I think he can get to the lead. And if he does, going a mile and a half on this track at this distance, I think they're going to have a hard time catching him. Um, yeah, I'm going Channel Cat here. Um, I, I, I I did not want to do Arclo at all. I, I'm kind of done with him. Zulu Alpha, I'm done with him. So then you go, okay, where are we going? Well, it just makes sense on paper that Channel Cat's going to get an easy lead here. So I went Channel Cat on top. How does it make you feel to put that pick in? I don't feel that bad about <laughs> it, honestly. That was a weird thing. I, I thought, you know, you've never picked him, and that usually goes well, but he has beat you a couple times. But it's just like, yeah, who's going to be out there with him? I believe him? you told me. I'm just not I believe sure. You, it wasn't even that long ago that you told me you would never, you've never picked Channel Cat one time in your life, and you never will. So things change, and I, I do agree with you though that uh, that's, I talked to Magic about this race earlier today, and it was like, yeah, I mean, Channel Cat, I mean, he likes the track. Well, he's one of the track, and uh, he I don't see a lot of pace in the race. Like I think the the race he, he kind of will have it kind of 
again, uh, hand it to him if he wants it. I just don't trust him, especially at a low price. Well, Maker's got like five horses in the race. So I went with one of them. I went with number eight, A Journey to Freedom. I did 10 to one. Ultimately, it, kind of, it felt like he was kind of playing uh, roulette a little bit here, kind of, uh, you know, duck, duck, goose on who gets to who gets to ride who, you know? Like it, it just seemed like there's like the jockeys kind of changed and switched, but Irad, he gets Irad to ride this one, which is to me is a very good sign. Looking, li listen, this horse loves like the like this horse wants to keep riding, like the, the keep going, keep going. This horse needs longer the better, mile and a half at uh, Kentucky Downs is going to be great for this horse. So I, to me, the distance is is perfect. You get, you're going to get Irad, which is going to give you a great ride. The horse, you know, last back in the John's Call did not run great. Two back ran really well. Three back ran really well. This horse is kind of just right there, but I do feel like in this situation, when, when you have a horse that you, you know you're going to need to get the distance, it won't be tired at the end. My my the, the concern is, is he fast enough? Can the horse close? Can he get there? Because you know I could also see him being underneath, you know, using underneath in your exotics the eight. But at ten to one, I think he's good. He offers way too much value. But here's the thing: this race, not to like scare people off of the eight because I just gave that pick out. But like Channel Cat, I liked Tide of the Sea. I liked Bluegrass Parkway at twenty to one. I liked. Uh, the eight, I liked. Glen County, I liked. I mean, it keeps going. You know, like this is like this is, race is wide open. I think you need to go as deep as you possibly can and hope you can get a price. But I like the eight, a journey to freedom. All right, let's go to race ten, the final stakes of the uh, afternoon at Kentucky Downs. And to me, this <laughs> we just talked about how hard uh, that last race was, and I had the hardest time maybe with this one. It's the Franklin Simpson Stakes, grade two or 600K for three-year-olds going six and a half furlongs on the turf, field of 12 in here for this one. And you know, you look at this race and and the favorites make sense. Like point by me, or point me by, I'm sorry, at seven to two. Annex at nine to two, uh, you know, next at five to one. Like I really, I mean, Annex to point, point me by, I think make a lot of sense. I. Like, I, I'm just struggling with, am I going to play? Because then, then the other side of it is, it, it feels more top-heavy. And maybe you saw this race differently, but I didn't see a ton of, when it comes to, like, picking a 10-to-1, like, I picked a few 10-to-1s. I'm having a hard time coming up with that 10-to-15-to-1 to horse that I think can get it done. Well, I'll start with this. I don't think point-me-by makes sense. Remember, it was a grade one win last time out at Arlington, but we all said it's the worst grade one we've ever seen. You remember we talked about that race so i'm kind of against that horse coming in here annex is a weird one had started a career with three straight wins and now has four straight losses but did run better last time out in the hall of fame uh, only lost to by a length to public sector who's turned out to be a pretty nice horse came back to win the other day at, at saratoga uh, I am going to take a horse out of the Hall of Fame, but I'm taking the number six next. Uh, I, I like the small cutback in distance for this horse, and I still think the horse is speedy enough to get on the lead. And I think if he does, he can just kind of take him gate to wire here. And Johnny Velasquez aboard once again for Wesley Ward. That's the go-to rider uh, for Wesley Ward. Um, you know, last time we saw this horse at six and a half furlongs at Kentucky Downs, it was a win in a, in a maiden special weight by three quarters of the length. 
Um, I think he's back home. I think he's got the win over the track. I think he's got the speed to hold all these off going this distance. So I went number six next on top. See, I, I was struggling with what what's going to happen between the one and the six. Obviously, both Wesley were trained. Um, I kind of thought the one might turn into the rabbit, so to speak, and the six sits off. Because I don't, to me, I feel like the one is going to need to get to the lead, especially drawing that one, the one spot. But it will be interesting to see. Obviously, you know, both horses aren't going to go being they're going to, it's going to be some sort of idea of what they're going to do. I yep. think the one that sits off has got a decent shot because I, I like, I'm hoping it's a six because I'm going to use a six too because I like this. That's who I kind of was leaning towards between the two ward horses. But I, you know, I, I, I ended up going with the seven annex and I don't love it. But again, it's like I wanted to kind of look, you know, county final, a horse that I remember picking last year um, in that juvenile race there that uh, out of door one. Um, just has never been, has been very, you know, uh, very, very bad compared to what they paid for the horse. The Learjet, I mean, no. Miss Amulet, of course, finished third to Aunt Pearl last year. Interesting, maybe, but it was awful since. So it's just like tango, tango, tango. I mean, again, like I, I don't. If we're gonna say like we agree, like that race at Arlington was awful, and that horse didn't win. You know what I mean? So it's just like it was hard to get to anyone else other than these favorites. And so Annex for me, like you said, was really good early on. Came back, ran a really good race in the Hall of Fame. Got beat by public sector, like you said. Came back to win again. So I think that's a that's a nice loss if you can have one. And again, I think Billmont's going to have him uh, have him ready to run June Alvarado. So I don't love the price, but again, I just had a hard time. Like I think this is a top-heavy race, and I just I'd be surprised if any of these uh, don't win. Annex makes sense based on that last race. It makes sense based on some of his races at Gulfstream. Uh, he just, for whatever reason, lost it there for you know the middle of the season. But that was a really sharp race from him last time out. Uh, I. I, I definitely think he's one you have to use as well i like the one um i would if you can afford it the five because i'd hate to get beat by the five but i definitely like the one six and seven in here um just because i think it's top heavy uh, and if you're gonna have to if you want to play a price the five for me is the one but i end up going number seven annex <laughs> All right, that's all the time we have. Check us out at racingdudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections and our products page with the Get Racing Dudes premium button at racingdudes.com to learn more. Remember, we are your destination site for free horse racing picks and information as well as sports picks. That's right. Go to racingdudes.com slash sports. Of course, get you set, set up for the NFL uh, season starting tonight and as well as starting college football. It started last week. Uh, so all that's coming on the website. Of course, we have the uh, Due to Bet podcast, uh, Due to Bet Sports. Just find them in all your, you know, uh, regular channels on iTunes and things like that. You can find uh, all our podcasts, the Magic Mike Show, coming up next. Which we gotta hurry because the Magic Mike Show. I mean, they're 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 patiently. They never start at four thirty. So, but they are coming up right after. So. You don't get to see Halterman. You're not on that, are you? You're you're you're, you're officially uh, withdrawing for the rest of the day. Yeah, I don't think I'm going on that one. <laughs> I think do, I'm done. Do you need some day. water with lemon? I mean, are you, is your throat hurting? Is it's been a big day for you? Yeah, it has. I, I I could go on there just for a second, just to say that I appeared on all four shows today. But uh, no, I think this is it for me. Um, no, I was on there Monday, uh, so there was that. I don't I don't know. Uh, 
I don't know if Magic ever even posted that one. I think it was so bad he just said, "Ah, we'll just keep that a video." So <laughs> I know, you know, we 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 switched to I switched like our, our hosting on, on for the pods on it's called Captivate. Yeah. And I was kind of checking. I was like waiting because I was waiting for Magic to have an issue, right? Yeah. And I, I never heard I never heard from him, and I thought. Well, that's weird. Like, and I looked on the side, like, wait, he never posted that. Like, wonder why he didn't post that. I even so I even texted him because I know how to do it, and now very very amateurly, but I do know how. And and he's like, no, no, I got it, and then I never never saw it. So I don't know. Yeah, he must have hated it. I um, well, I mean, maybe maybe we fire him. I that's possible. <laughs> well, I mean, he's only got one strike left. So yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> I'd hate for it to be this. But, what was strike um, one? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just, I have some, I, I'm sure I could come up with them, but uh, no, <laughs> it, no, <laughs> no, he messaged me last night. He's like, Hey, can you send me uh, the login information again? Cause that expired like that. You know, I was like magic, seriously, come on. So anyways, he's set up the magic mic show is coming up next. Of course they are doing uh, the late pick four at Kentucky Downs as well on Saturday. So we just gave you our pick four, or at least who we like in the, the pick four races. Get more insight from them and see what they think as well and, you know, build your tickets accordingly. Um, any final thoughts? Hoffman, big weekend, of course, uh, our Chiefs, or my Chiefs, your Browns play each other uh, this weekend. Uh, you know, are you, what's, your, what's your final thoughts on the season coming up? Oh, I think it's I think it's gonna be a lot of fun this weekend. I think it's gonna be a, a good season for both of our teams, uh, and even the Cardinals. I think they'll be decent too. Um, yeah, I mean Chiefs minus six. I'm taking that all day. Um, yeah, that's about it. I don't expect that game to be that close. So <laughs> there's that. We 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 do this every uh, every season. So mm-hmm. let's we might as well just continue to do it, right? So what's your uh, let's give our Super Bowl Super Bowl predictions here. What's your Super Bowl? Um, matchup. Uh, Kansas City and Los Angeles Rams. That's my Super Bowl matchup. I'm going Kansas City to beat Los Angeles. Interesting. Well, I'm glad glad to hear that. Um, by the way, and I was actually thinking about the Rams as well. Chiefs, obviously, is where, where I'm going. Three years in a row that uh, I've done that. Um, hopefully they make it three years in a row as well. Honestly, I was between um, you know, the Rams, the Bucks, and the Packers. Um, the Packers kind of feel like this is like a, a like a hail mary season, so to speak. Kind of feels like this is like this is it. Don't know, you know, Adams, Rogers, who will be back, but this is kind of the last uh, ditch effort. I hate to kind of view the same as last year, Tampa Bay versus uh, Kansas City, but it kind of feels like that's looming, right? Um, so. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to do a repeat of last year. Chiefs winning. Um, they're going to get the, the, the Chiefs. Uh, it's, it's, very, it's very biased, but the, they are they have not stopped talking about the loss last year. They were embarrassed by it, and I don't think that uh, that's going to be something they forget this season. So I think that's going to that's gonna help carry as much as it can for a professional football team. You know what I mean? Like college is different, but in professional football, I think – if you can get your feelings hurt, that was how you do it. Yeah, I think the the Chiefs, the only question mark is uh, keeping the quarterback healthy, obviously. Uh, that's the big one. And uh, they're going to have to buck that trend of the Super Bowl losing team not doing well that next year. But I think that's a trend that will get uh, that will get busted this year. Magic, don't even act like you're even ready. Like, Samich probably hasn't even joined the show yet. 
Magic, I showed up on Monday and did a great show. I put my heart into it. I'm sorry, it was Tuesday. I put my heart into it, and I, I go on to the website, and it's not even up. What's yeah. going on? What are the odds that uh, if only the racing dudes had an appropriate podcast live stream, they could spend 30 minutes <laughs> talking about the Chiefs? That's yeah, true. Uh, but I wasn't on that we show did. today. Uh, yeah, I'd say I didn't, though. Um, <laughs> what are the odds that Magic is able to successfully posts his podcast tonight oh well listen i could do it and i've never done one before so that's how easy it is let's premise it with that i literally have never done one and i've posted two now with zero pro- i didn't even text you they're up they work they're on all the platforms they're on the website zero issues yeah i you even so- embedded it on the on the uh, on the 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 uh, sports like you embedded the the player and i was like wow Great job. I I assumed I was going to have to do that, but I didn't. So, I would say he'll have big time problems. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, The guys are bitching at us to get off here. So just stay tuned. Stay right here. And the Magic Mike Show will be coming up next again, talking Kentucky Downs. Um, Hey, real quick, you better watch it live because it won't be on the website. (laughs) Plus, you get to know who not to play. So that way you just scratch out the horses they're getting ready to talk about. Yep. Listen to this show again to get the actual picks. And then make me you know, cash some tickets because that's the way to do it. All right, I'm Jared Welch. He's Art Alterman. Good luck this weekend, guys. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs>